Hey everybody, welcome to Mogul Talk with Darcel Lari, where success is just a byproduct of who we are. It's your girl, your host, Darcel, where every week I'll be bringing you a mogul minute of inspiration, new topics, and surprise guests. Stay tuned. It's time for your mogul minute of inspiration. Can I get a drum roll, please? And today's Mogul Minute of Inspiration is you can have it all. Let me say that again. You can have it all. Now, some people may say, no, you can't, right? But I'm saying, yes, you can. You can be the mother. You can be the wife. You can be the career woman. Yes, you can have it all. We all don't have to be as amazing as Beyonce, right? And as wealthy as her to have a personal babysitter following us around throughout as we tour throughout the world. The average woman can have it all. But the key thing is knowing that you may not have it all at the same time, but you can be a mother. You can be a wife. You can have an amazing career. It just may have different seasons that it actually plays out. So know that you don't have to shortchange yourself. Know that you can actually pursue your dreams, pursue your career, be an amazing wife, and being an amazing mother. I want you to know that your dreams can come true, and you don't have to shortchange yourself. So know that you can have it all. And that was your Mogul Minute of Inspiration. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mogul Talk with Darcel Lari. And I am so excited to be back with all of you amazing listeners. We have such a treat for you guys tonight. We have an amazing, 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 I can't say enough about this woman um, who is our special guest tonight, who I have the honor of having on this podcast, and we're going to get into it tonight, so make sure you stay tuned and listen. And Nicole, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, absolutely. Hello, everyone. My name is Nicole Doss, and I am the CEO and founder of the Prestige Society. I am a speaker. I'm an author. I'm a coach. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm tired, and I am here to help women build phenomenal businesses and really help them um, to be able to accomplish their incredible. And this lovely lady, Darcel Lurie, has a special place in my heart. So when she asked me if I could be a guest, I did not even think twice. I actually moved things off my calendar so I can be here with her. So I am so blessed. I thank you, Darcel, for this opportunity, and let's get into it. Yes, and then I tell y'all <laughs> that she's amazing. Um, so I'm so honored to have you on tonight, and I really want to talk about you do so many different amazing things, and one thing that we definitely have in common is we love to empower women. And I truly believe in sisterhood. I truly believe in uplifting one another, that we don't have to compete against each other. We can Mm -hmm. be able to support and uplift one another. And um, I want to talk about your entrepreneurship journey. A lot of people, you know, I feel like right now, Especially when you look on social media, everyone's, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a side hustle, you know, person, whatever it is. And sometimes it just seems to be trendy, but there's such a lifestyle that comes with uh, being an entrepreneur. Can you tell me how, and the listeners, how you got to this point of being an entrepreneur? Right. So... Um, I have to say, it's really funny how I came to this place. I was groomed at a very early age to think big. Um, 
in my first book, I talk about how my mom at a very early age told me that my only job in life was to be better than the women who came before me in our family. And for me, that was, like, stressful because I'm like, how do I become better than my mom, <laughs> like, my hero, yeah. or better than my, my aunt, who, like, I felt lived so fabulously in Baldwin Hills of California. And so I was just like, I, there's no way I can even think to do that. So mm-hmm. at a very early age, I began to think about how to think big, dream big, and just do incredible things in life. And of course, as we become older, you know, those dreams kind of diminish a little bit because capabilities come in and, you know, like trials come in. So for me, math was like a really hard subject for me. So in college, I thought I was going to do international marketing, live in England. I took Japanese as a language so that I could be like this hot commodity and I couldn't pass calc. Like, let's talk about it. Couldn't pass calc. So couldn't get into the Rutgers Business School. So therefore, we did not do business school and we do not live in England. And so like, I'm here. Um, And I started to kind of tell myself, I'll just climb the corporate ladder. That'll become my thing of, like, thinking big. And that was an interesting journey for me because I had really great opportunities very early on in life. I had a lot of people who poured into me. I am so blessed because I had a lot of different people in my um, my corporate journey see something in me where they just wanted to pour into me. And I, um, I mean, I had some really bad people too, but I had really like, I had more great people than I had bad people. And what I learned was how to build relationships, the importance of building relationships. I had to pitch ideas and sell them to executives very early on in my career in like my mid twenties. And I became um, a leadership coach very early in my age as well, like same thing, like mid-20s, late-20s. And so I really blossomed in that space. But also as I began to blossom, um, you know, life happened. So I worked in the real estate industry, and we had the big recession happen, and I had two layoffs in one year. At this point, I'm a single mom. So how am I going to pay for rent if I don't have a job? How do I pay for my car note if I don't mm-hmm. have a job? And so um, I thought to myself, well, you know, at that time, I was doing some things like I was a party promoter. I had a business called Prestige Marketing Entertainment, so Prestige was always there. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if any of you guys remember Tragos, but I used to be a party promoter at Tragos and Rent House Square. Um, I used to um, do Mary Kay. I mean, I was always looking for a way to create multiple streams of income because what I realized during that time when I was laid off was that there's this false sense of security when it comes with Mm -hmm. having a nine-to-five. And I don't job shame anyone. If you have the right positions, it'll give you a valuable experience that you can't get when you're just trying to figure out your business on your own. So if you want to be able to, to do both, do both, but don't ever do it because you truly believe that that's your safety net. Have a different reason behind why you're, why you're in that position um, because mm-hmm. that's what I learned very early on, that there is no safety net. And because my background is HR, because my background is also instructional design, which is corporate training, um, I have sat in boardrooms where executives talk about their employees, and they don't talk about their employees with love. They don't talk, I mean, employees are a commodity, right? It's called human capital. And Mm -hmm. that, when you're in your 20s and you hear that, it really does shape how you see 
being in positions that you may look at saying, I want to be there. So when I'm sitting and I hear the entire C-suite talk about human capital, when I hear them discuss why should they allow for a certain demographic to get raises, and I'm saying because they can't afford their college loans, and they're like, meh, it's eye-opening. And I realize Mm -hmm. that, you know, I need to look at, my career of what can I learn from it to pour into my generational legacy and wealth with my own business instead of looking at it as this is my long-term end game. And so with that, I really started looking at how, what can I do? So I kind of like, you know, went into trying different entrepreneurial journeys and I was on this, this, this search for like, what's my purpose? What in the world is my purpose? What am I here to do? Um, I knew I was really great at connecting people. You know, when you're a party promoter, you know who all the DJs are. You know the promo models. You know the vendors because you want to mm-hmm. have free alcohol given at your event. So I used to do pretty insane parties where we would have three glasses of rosé. So it's like, you know, I always made these relationships because that's what I learned in my corporate nine to five, that relationships are everything. So I always yeah. made these relationships. I was always connecting people with other people. Oh, you need a photographer? Here, use this person. You want a promo model? Use this person. And I was always willing to be the connector. And so I didn't think there was a business model around that. So I kind of let it go to like just kind of just kind of go by the wayside. At that point, I said, you know, uh, I was getting tired of sitting in boardrooms hearing how executives did not care about how their decisions were impacting their people. At the same time, I was also being introduced to all of these entrepreneurs who were great at their craft and really sucked at business acumen. And I mean things like they would hire people, but they didn't understand things like behavioral-based interviewing and how the goal is to make sure that you have the right person in the right seat. But instead, they were just trying to fill seats quick because they thought they needed help. And they found they were having this revolving door of people that weren't the right fit for them, and it was costing them more money than not. And so because Mm. they didn't have insight into that, they were really um, starting to see a drain financially in their their business. I was seeing people afraid to ask for money when they had a really great skill set. I felt that they were afraid to look at their financials to say, hey, I know I'm making this in revenue, but really what's my margin? And I'm like, you know, I want to not help the old men in the boardroom making decisions about people they could care less about. I want to help Mm -hmm. this person who works a nine to five, pours everything that they have into their business, hoping to make it great. I want to help them. I want to coach them. I want to create learning opportunities for them. And so I started thinking about how can I do that? And then once again, like you said, as a mom, as a wife, as, you know, someone trying to really grow, we always say not now. Not, not now. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about that now. And mm-hmm. so while that's happening, an old college roommate of mine, shout out to Michelle Pyro, she was doing a, a workshop with a girlfriend of ours by the name of Tiffany Aliche, who's also known as the Budgetista. And she's like, oh, her. Tiffany just wrote a book, right? And at the time, Tiffany just wrote her book. So she's like, Tiffany just wrote her book, The One Week Budget. And, um, you know, she's doing this thing where she's like dubbing herself as the Budgetista. And I'm doing this thing through coaching where I'm telling people to live their life by um, design, not by default. I really think you should come to one of, you know, one of my seminars. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go to the city. 
I'll go to New York. Like, who turns down going to New York City for a day? So I'm like, I'll go mm-hmm. to New York. I'll take your workshop. My goal that day was to leave feeling refreshed and feeling like I was ready to take on the world. I left there saying I will no longer work a nine-to-five. I left there with the motivation to start my own company. And at that time, I wanted to do a learning consultation company. I wanted it to be a boutique firm. And the goal was not to get these big, huge contracts by Fortune 500 companies because, honestly, that was my nine-to-five. So I didn't want anything that felt exactly like my nine-to-five. I wanted to do this for creatives, and I wanted to do this for creatives who were mid to small size companies. And um, at that time, my, my uh, best friend, my other college mate, Sandy Khan, is married to an awesome guy by the name of Amir Khan, who was the director of marketing at the time for Radio 1. And um, he's no longer there now, but he was at the time when we were going through this. I'm like, oh, he was doing this thing called Dream Chasers. I'm like, I want to help people like Amir. I want to help people like my mother-in-law who owns a salon who just keeps hiring different stylists, but they keep leaving, and they're not Mm -hmm. adding value to her salon. I really wanted to do a group called the Prestige Networking Group where I wanted to offer them an opportunity members and to really help um, each other grow. And I would basically be their personal research and development team where I would um, come to them, they would come to my home, and I would train them on different things to help build their businesses. But we would do this together. We would go through this together. And those five women ended up being my five founding members. Um, And so with them, we grew from five of us being in my home, meeting every third Saturday of the month, um, having our business meetings, to now being a multinational organization with chapters in Detroit, New York City, Philadelphia, and New Jersey. So, you know, I I share that very long-winded story to help women understand. So I I love what you talk about, like, it's very glamorized now. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people see what they see now thinking this was the starting point. And Mm -hmm. the reality is it wasn't. I mean, in actuality, I left corporate America in 2014 and then was like, say, I'm going back. And mm-hmm. when I went back to work in corporate America, I decided to work for a family-run business that generates $2.7 billion a year because I said, wow, if they can start off in, during the Depression and still thrive to this point where they're making $2.7 billion a year, mm-hmm. I want to learn from that family. Yes. And their model for how they, they bring their family into the company is so – it's, it's something that I truly admire because they make their family, their kids, go work somewhere else for five years so that they can get some real-life experience somewhere else. And then they can come, but when they come back to the company, they start at the ground floor. I love that. And so, yeah, so I, I really do. I, I love how they run their business. So that was, it's like, that was my, my time to learn. And what I realized, is that, and I ended up managing a team called a startup team. And so everything that I have front access to, because we're a third party uh, logistics company, I literally visit different companies every month and get the chance to see their inner workings. And then I bring all of those gems and drop them right onto my members. And so that's why I said, you know, I, I don't job shame for the simple fact that 
what I see and what I'm exposed to because of this position that I have, mm-hmm. I would not have access to this information if I was just running prestige by myself. You would just get, like, my information in, in my head yeah. and my experiences, which is mm-hmm. very, it, to me, I feel is a very skewed and narrow frame of reference to have. But now I can tell you, hey, this is what Uggs does which is known as the Decker's brand. This is what Lowe's does. This is what Target does. This is what Disney does. And, and, and the mm-hmm. fact that we can have those conversations with those kinds of names, I think, does more or provides more of a benefit to my members than if I'm just like, follow me because I'm all that. Because I'm not, right? I'm very humble. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, as much as I'm, I'm thankful that I, I believe I, I have a blessed spirit, I know that I'm not all that because I'm not a millionaire. And I'm still trying to figure things out. But the minute I learn mm-hmm. information, my, like, what I'm put on this earth to do is to share. Because, it's like, yes. I truly believe that God does not place me in these situations for me to experience them in vain. But instead, he places me in those situations so that I can share, so that I can just pour on to my members. And I try to pour on to those who aren't members as well. But then, you know, i got to be careful because what's the value of membership if I give you too much? But I, I really do try to share so I can help women entrepreneurs no matter what level they're, they're at in their business. No, I love it. I Sincerely, I've, you said so many different things. Um, one of them is that, like, you're right. You know, the you know, I think so many people, you know, who want to be entrepreneurs, automatically mm-hmm. think, well, you know, they they job, they job shame the nine to five, and the nine to five is what teaches you. Like you said, all those different experiences that you have is what prepares you to be an entrepreneur. You know, it's 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 the meeting of different people, like you said, being in in different rooms with different um, levels of people in different stages of their careers. You know, it's so mm-hmm. many different things that you learn um, from. It's the different trainings that you go to. It's right. it's so many things, and that's really what people forget is that they think, oh, I just want to be an entrepreneur. That's it. And you're right. We definitely have to create a legacy, and I can totally relate to being laid off. And that's mm-hmm. what made me start my business because I was like, well, clearly um, it's not secure. And, and you know, right. especially working in a nonprofit sector or working for government uh, jobs where there's government contracts, one, depending on who the administration um, and the government and who's in the, in the White House also depends mm-hmm. on, you know, if, you know, education is going to be um, great those four years or are people going to get mm-hmm. laid off because education is not the focus on those four Absolutely. years. So it's so many different things that even in my personal experience that, you know, I remember going through a layoff through the education system where they laid off 50% of their teachers and staff. They also closed over 30 schools in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So I, it was, so many people were without jobs, and you know, it's it's not it, even though education seems like a very steady job, right? It, even right. that wasn't secure, right? And so mm-hmm. I really learned the hard way, like you said, bills keep coming, car notes still have to be paid, all those different things, and I had to learn, like, okay, Darcy, this is where you need to have multiple streams of income. And one thing right. about being laid off, like, taught me. Like, you will never be in this position again because you have to create other streams. And right. so definitely if that, that humble, humbling experience um, where you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't even have two pennies thrown together, 
Um, that's that's a very humbling place to be. So definitely I can totally, totally relate. And then what you were saying also about, and you can kind of maybe expand on a little bit more, is, you know, like you said, being a mom and being a wife and saying, hey, I'm going to go out, you know, I'm going to go after this. We were always taught to dream big and think big. You know, what is some advice that you can give to a mom or to a wife uh, who's saying, you know, I don't want to just focus just on being a wife. I want to focus on my dreams too. Or I don't want to focus just on being a mother. Um, I want to focus on, you know, the things that make me happy as well. So what is some advice that you would give to someone? I think the first thing I'll say is that in that desire to want to be more than just a mom or just a wife, mm-hmm. um, I'll even say just a girlfriend because, hey, some boyfriends got the game twisted and think they're husbands and, mm-hmm. you know, they have a lot of expectations on girlfriends, especially if they're living girlfriends. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll say that, you know, do not feel guilty when there's something pulling at your spirit saying that you want to do something more. One of the things I truly believe is that we are supposed to be responsible stewards of the most precious resource that God has given us, and that's time. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. something that we can't barter. I always say we can't barter. We can't ask for credit on. I can't say, hey, ourselves, give me three years on your life, and I'm going to give mm-hmm. you a three bag. Like, we can't yeah. do that. And so because the time that we have on this earth is all the time that we get, it is our job to be responsible stewards of what we do with this time. And so if God is placed in your spirit, I talk a lot about uh, purposepreneurs. So if God is placed in your spirit this, this purpose to help a a demographic or a certain customer profile to move forward out of their stuckness because you're building your business to solve a problem. So that's like Mm -hmm. basic business 101, right? You're creating your business to solve a problem. So when you're moving into this space to to help your, your, your targeted demographic to move out of whatever it is that they're stuck in, then you are fulfilling your purpose. You're, you're helping them. You, you look at your business completely different. You go about it completely different. You move out of Mm -hmm. trying to just secure back into a sense of advocacy for your target demographic. And so when that happens, you realize it's so much greater than just you. So now there, there's this sense of responsibility in, in really going after the dream th- it, mm-hmm. differently than it just being something that's vain, like, oh, I'm going to get me this bag because I'm finally going to make this money, or I'm going to go and finally have this car because I got this money. Because when it's vain in that sense, it's very easy for you to feel guilty if you're yeah. not being, you know, 100% just a mom or 100% just a wife. But when you realize that it's anchored in purpose, then you realize that there's no guilt that needs to be uh, connected with this desire because it's not you that's driving the desire. It, it, it's, it's placed in your heart by God. It's placed in your spirit by God. So that's the first thing. So don't let, allow guilt to, to uh, come into the equation. Um, and if it does, have the right conversations with those who may be placing guilt. Um, you may learn that they're the ones placing the guilt or you may learn that you're putting the guilt on yourself. So so mm-hmm. understand that there really shouldn't be guilt there. Number two, your children are watching you. Your husband's mm-hmm. watching you. Your boyfriend is watching you. So in my relationship, I'll talk about the two different types, dynamics that, I, um, that I'm referring to when I say they're watching you. So my children, I have two girls. 
I, re- I tell them, like my mother told me, your job is to be better than those who come before you. So, you know, like my 16-year-old is like, wait a minute, heart attack. Like, mom, you do like 10,000 <laughs> things. I'm supposed to be better than that? And I'm like, in your way, in your own unique way, push mm-hmm. further, go farther, you know, explore different things. Like, you know my flaws, just like you know all the great sides of me. Go beyond that and be your own awesome sense of you, but never mm-hmm. feel comfortable resting in mediocrity. So, you know, those are the things that, that her and I, I talk about. And what's funny is when I go to, so of course, because, you know, she's 16, she's about to be 17, and, you know, I'm fabulous age that I am. So I, <laughs> I'm <laughs> 40. So I I'm like, you know, when I, when I, we, we deal with each other like mom and, and daughter relationship, right? So I'm fussing mm-hmm. with dishes, clean your room, she's rolling her eyes, I'm ready to be like, oh my God, I can kill you, kid. So that's our, like, natural, <laughs> like, our, our natural dynamic of our relationship. But when I go to speak with her teachers, they're like, oh my goodness, Gabby is so proud of everything that you do. And it shocked me every time you say this. You know, like when I wrote my book, she actually chose it for her summer reading uh, for school. Aww, it's like, yeah, so beautiful. Like, it's so beautiful. And she'll probably be like, oh, mom, like, did you really share that? Because we're still mom and daughter. So I don't realize that she sees me in this light. If you were to mm-hmm. ask me, I'd tell you she could care less. I tried to make her one of my interns. She was like, ugh, no. So I didn't even think she cared <laughs> about what I do with prestige. So when I hear that, I realize she's watching me. And I am showing her how to juggle all of these different roles. And I'm showing her the good, the bad, the ugly, the hard. She sees it all. There's no front that I put on. You don't put on a front for your kids. It just is what it is. So she knows when I'm frustrated. She knows when I'm sad. So she knows all these things that I experience as a mom. She under, like, I'll even go further as a black woman. I, like, when I, get mm-hmm. stopped, I got stopped from the cops one time because my registration lapsed, I told her, you think mommy's a boss? She's like, yes. I said, watch this. Hands are at 10 and 2. And when I address the officer, it's yes, sir. It's no, sir. Okay? Like, mm-hmm. I have to show her all of that because she, she's watching me. And, yeah. you know, and I just say things like, you have to remember names like Sandra Bland. Like, I have to show her as a black woman how, how to be. And she may roll her eyes mommy's so crazy. I realize she's watching me. So now she does graphic design for artists. So she has her own, her own song. My husband's a producer as well. So we have, like, a little family business thing going on. I'm like, fake cookie oh, over here. Awesome. And, <laughs> and so, like, in that, she loves graphic design. She goes to a technical high school. So now I'm teaching her, like, okay, because I used to do graphic design as well. So I'm like, listen, Gabs, don't just give your client one option. They like options. So give them no more than, you know, no more than three, no less than two, and then give them three rounds of edits with whatever you give them as options. And she's like, okay, great. So I'm watching her blossom as an entrepreneur as well. So this is why I say, you know, your kids are watching you. But my husband and I, we're like night and day. So like, I'm Miss Talk All Day. He's Mr. Like Caveman. He says the like max three words for like an entire day. <laughs> so we're like completely opposite of the spectrum. But yet we're the same zodiac sign. Like we're both Scorpios. Um, we're both very opinionated, but at the same time, um, like I'm complete extrovert. He's complete introvert. And I remember when I was like on this journey for like really trying to figure out my purpose and would ask him things like, you know, how do you define happiness? And he would say, happiness is go to work, 
pay your bills, take care of your family. I was like, oh, my gosh, you just made me depressed. Like, that's happiness. Like, that, that's it. And he's like, yeah. And then you do it again every day. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're making me depressed. And so never <laughs> in a million years would I have ever imagined that one day he would call me up and say, do you love me? Yes. Do you trust me? Uh, yes. I'm leaving my job. Hmm? Please don't like, that's not you. What do you mean? You're, like, completely mm-hmm. risk averse. And I'm so proud of him because, you know, he, he's a plumber by trade. He's a contractor, and he is helping build socioeconomic development in his hometown of Aberdeen, Mississippi. He's actually there now, and he's rebuilding homes and doing rent-to-own programs for his, his tribe, people he grew up with. He's that's not amazing. trying to yeah, he's not trying to build homes and make them all this like crazy amount of money um, so that it becomes a gentrified type of um, community. Mm-hmm. He's trying to build it for those who grew up, who had generations growing up in that town. And I think it is absolutely amazing. And I love that he has the, you know, not only the ability to do it because he prepared financially in a way that would not put all this burden on me, but I'm also thankful that I am that cheerleader of a spirit, this woman who wants to help entrepreneurs thrive because he sees that. And and so he knew that I would be the wife who would say, go for it. Like how much of a hypocrite would I be if I didn't tell you to go for it? And Mm so, um, so, so, you know, so what I say to you, ladies, who are wives, who are moms, you know, one, do not feel guilty, but two, they are watching you, and you could be inspiring them. And no, mm-hmm. I didn't inspire my husband day one or day two. It was like year nine I inspired my husband. But <laughs> nonetheless, they're watching you. And this is a lifelong journey anyway. There's no Like if you're trying to get rich quick and then just kind of come out the game, you are completely in the wrong business. Just play the lottery instead. But mm-hmm. if you're truly trying to build, you know, a legacy, then this is something that you're doing for the long so so persevere be patient through all of the ups and downs that come along with this journey and more importantly you know really put yourself in a position where um, you uh, you believe in yourself so that you know that people are watching you and you are inspiring them every step of the way and then the last one is just do it do not make excuses excuses mm-hmm. oh my gosh that is our art form. We dress up excuses and we call them yes. reasons and we call them justifications and we dress them things up so well that we truly, truly believe in what we're saying and they, we just don't realize it's an excuse. Like take off all of that, strip it down, boo, it's an excuse. So do not have any excuses because once again, you know, we are here to live in our purpose, operate in our purpose, and we are to be responsible stewards of our time here do not feel guilty in it because you are tied to your purpose. People are watching you that love you. People are watching you that you don't even know. People are watching you that you can't even see because of social media. That, you know, I can't tell you how many people say, are you prestige? I remember when uh, we were, I can't remember my old uh, handle, um, oh, women of prestige. But people would say to me, are you women of prestige? And I'm like, what? Yes, I am. <laughs> so people are watching you. Yeah. And you yes, they are. And so it's, it's our responsibility and our purpose to just keep persevering. So that's what I would tell moms and wives and girlfriends who are struggling with trying to juggle all of the many different roles. 
Yeah, I think um, the advice that you just gave, I'm, like, receiving it, taking notes, because there's definitely things I feel like in every level um, as a woman that you can take from what, everything that you just said. Um, Thank you. I truly believe that, you know, people on social media see, like you said earlier, the glamorous, and you they'll say, well, Nicole's already there. She has an amazing family. She's, you know, a positive person. She was raised to dream big or think big. But what mm-hmm. is your motivation from day to day, and how do you overcome the struggles? Because some people may say, well, it's easy for Nicole, but they don't realize, like, behind the scenes, it's not as easy as things look on social media. And so how do you persevere? Like, what does that look like for you? So, honestly, it's my tribe. What drives me is that I get a natural high when I am able to see people connect the dots. What gets me in the morning, what helps me motivate one is my members and the women who who remind me that I help them. Because I think that's the thing, too, that, you know, I don't know that I'm helping everyone that's not a member, right? So I don't, I, I don't really get that there's people on social media that are, that are impacted by what I post until someone says something. And I'm like, oh, they're really watching. And that's, that's me being 100% transparent and genuine. Um, so when I get that feedback, it's that gentle reminder that this is why you can't stop. This is why you have to continue. Yes. And then I pray. I, I pray like no other. My biggest concern in life is, am I in alignment to what God has in store for Yes. No, that's good. And that's that's so, so, so true is that, especially for, and, and usually in the podcast, um, from the, for the listeners, they usually know, like, I'm always um, doing a mobile minute of inspiration, and usually it's like some scripture that I'm breaking down. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's true. Like, you know, when you are a believer, that has to be the driving force to always be in alignment. And I love the fact that you just were, you know, you you were just so transparent in regards to, one, how you were raised. And not that it was bad, but like you said, it started to, it it pinpointed a metric of value for you where, okay, Mm -hmm. stage means, I'm loved. Stage means right. I'm doing the most, right? Stage means mm-hmm. I'm successful. And when you're not there, then what am I? And right. I think so many people, um, they struggle with that because, especially as an entrepreneur or even on your 9 to 5, no, you could be working so hard on your 9 to 5 and you never get noticed by your boss or your boss never right. says you're doing an awesome job, you know, and do you still feel value? Like, do you start to question mm-hmm. yourself? As an entrepreneur, you know, when you go through seasons where, you know, every, you're popping, right, and you're, like you said, on a radio show or on a stage or doing something, and then you have your dry seasons where you're like, okay, is anyone looking for me? Am I making an impact anymore? <laughs> no one's right. checking for me. Like, am I really in my purpose? Am I really doing what I need to be doing? So I can completely relate um, to exactly what you said. So I'm, like, super through the roof that, you know, um, 
again, it comes down to being humble. It comes down to being, you know, like you said, in alignment with God. It comes down to checking, you know, with your source. And that's really where you get your value. And Mm -hmm. it's so important as believers, you know, for our listeners, like, to check with your source. And that is so important because I know me and Jesus be having a lot of talk, okay? (laughs) And sometimes I have my quiet seasons where I'm like, I don't hear anything back right away. And I'm praying, and I'm like, God, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then he'll finally give me this, like, aha moment, and I'm like, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. Or, like you said, you'll get someone that'll say, you know, you really empowered me or inspired me to start this business or just by watching your lives or whatever it is. And you're like, wow, I really am making an impact. But again, we, we constantly, and especially with social media, now we're all on the stage, right? And so right. we're all seeking these applauses. We're all seeking these likes, and we're all seeking, you know, our, our attention and value from someone else rather than right. our source. It's a struggle every day because, you know, we put a lot of eye into it. There's a lot of things out there that are very popular that force us to put I all up in the equation. Affirmations is a perfect example. We talk about how I am strong and I am great and I am this and I will be successful. And that's a lot of I's without you identifying the source of where this can come from. I am strong. Thank you, God. You know, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. It's a constant check to say, you know, God, remove me from the equation and and allow me to be filled with all of you. Use me to be a vessel and and however I can to help people that that, that you you bring to me, that you draw to me. And so Mm -hmm. it's really important for us to to have that balance, that that healthy balance to say, you know, am I in alignment with how I'm supposed to be used? Because it's just too easy for us to fall into this pitfall of a whole bunch of I because of the way the world is designed. I mean, like I said, something as simple as social media tells you you have to have this 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 very superficial, um, you know, value system of, of are you impactful enough. Yes, and you know, too, there's no one that can open doors for you like God can open doors right. for you. So, right. the, you know, when you're chasing, like you said, that number of getting to 10K so you can unlock other features on Instagram and you feel like you're an influencer, and really if you're just in alignment with God and your purpose that you're here, you know, that you're here for, to be right. honest, God can open doors that no man can shut. So you're gonna, he's going right. to unlock different levels of your life if you allow him to. But, again, it comes down to checking with your source, who are you serving, and what are you really in this for? And like you said, right. you know, am I in this for just making six figures or seven figures, eight figures, whatever it is? Am I just chasing money, or am I really saying, you know, what makes me happy? And I love that you said that earlier, too, when you asked your husband, like, what is your definition of happiness? I think we all can learn to take that nugget away as well and say, you know, why am I trying to be an entrepreneur? Or why am I right. at this nine to five? Or why do I want to be a wife or a mom or whatever it is? 
what what part of that is part of my purpose, and right. why, what are the reasons behind why I'm doing what I what I do? Because that right. will really start to help you to self discover one yourself, and two the things that you really like to do, and the things you don't really enjoy that much, and then right. it starts to lead you to your purpose. You know, I always feel like I stumbled upon my purpose. It was always there, but I think one of the things for me. You know, I never was taught that, you know, being a creative, you can monetize that. You know, it's mm. always, you know, you've got to be either a doctor, lawyer, nurse, whatever, all the, you know, very typical types of um, occupations. And so when I, when I felt like I never fit in anywhere, I'm like, why don't I feel like everyone else? Like, you know, right. I'm just like, I'm going to retire from this job. I never felt like that. And it was because I'm a creative and I'm not meant to just be sitting at a desk all day. You know, I'm meant to create. I'm meant to empower, encourage, and all that has to be, you know, um, a part of me and part of my job description, whatever it is, or career path or purpose in order for me to feel happy. So it's really doing that self-assessing, and I love that you said that to define your happiness because or or ask yourself, why am I what am I in this for? Why am I doing this? Because that's going to lead you to, you know, your purpose. So I think that was awesome. And Thank you. Yeah, and you, and to be honest, and all of you listeners, I know you're getting, I hope you were taking notes because Nicole is amazing. She is a force to be reckoned with. She is such a positive light and I tell you when Nicole walks into a room it just changes like she's truly um your spirit is just so amazing and I hope that people are feeling that through the through the uh, podcast (laughs) but you truly have such an amazing spirit and you're doing great things and people are watching you like myself because we met through social media as well so right you know and you're doing such amazing things and I am definitely here to support you and all the uh, vast things that you do and I'm so excited excited for all the things that's coming down the line, and um, I definitely want people to know where they can find you, how can they, you know, definitely be a part of, you know, your empowerment group for women, so definitely let them know all those deeds. Yes, so they can find me at the Prestige Society HQ on Instagram. Um, Membership opens quarterly so we are closed right now but don't worry we're opening back up in september so you'll be able to um look at membership there and join you know little info info sessions to let you know you know is membership right for you or not um but what's really cool that we're doing so i i love um this great partnership that i have with elaine johnson actually doing a play and play conference. Uh, it will be October 12th, so uh, please just stay tuned and look for our Save the Dates that will be kicking off. Um, I'm really excited because we are going to be having different speakers, um, and you know Darcelle will be reaching out to you. Yeah. I'm going to be handling the tribe portion of the conference and really engaging with our women 
uh, build tribes and why do they find it necessary in building tribes. So we're talking everything about, you know, getting your coins, securing that bag, as well as understanding the importance of building and standing up sound businesses. So we'll be having uh, mixtures of workshops, panel discussions. We're kicking off in an actual school, so we'll be having a pep rally, um, as well as having um, strategy sessions, one-on-one sessions um, with individuals based on whatever uh, admission you decide to, uh, to, to purchase. So I'm really excited to, um, to be able to, to do this with them. I actually met Elaine at your event, your two-year anniversary. Yes, well. So yes. look at how all these you know, great women, how we all connect and how we all maintain such great partnerships and, and relationships in this, you know, in this game. Because it can be lonely and it can be mm-hmm. crazy. And I've just been really blessed to only meet really genuine, awesome people. So um, I love that. So those are some of the things that are going on. And just check me out on Instagram. I'm always doing something. I got plans, books, you know. I'm always just trying to teach and, and drop gems and help women just move forward in their businesses. And men are always like, when are you doing the men's version of Prestige Society? Men, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just not. So if you want to be in our Billy Brother group, go right ahead. I'll support you. But don't ask about another <laughs> Prestige group. So, yeah, that's how they can reach me. That's awesome. Yeah, I got pulled into that, too, where they're like, when are you doing stuff for men? And I'm like, <laughs> I, and I tried it, and I was like, you know, my calling is to women, and I'm going to stick to that. <laughs> right. But men, right. you're going to have to find someone else. But like you Absolutely. said, we'll be your cheerleaders. We'll support you. But, um, yeah, so I'm just so blessed <laughs> to have you on um, this podcast. It's just been amazing. And you just Thank shared you. so many things that I feel like people can take away, um, so many great nuggets. I know I definitely took so many notes, and I'm going to apply some things and some advice that you gave to my life. So definitely awesome. thank you so much. You're welcome. Now, don't forget to click the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. I'll be bringing you a new episode every week. Also, don't forget to follow your host, your girl, Darcel Laurie, on IG, at Darcel World. And, of course, you know I love hearing from you, so make sure that you send all your questions, topics, even guests that you would love to hear from at mobiletalkpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Mobile Talk with Darcel Laurie, where success is just a byproduct of who we are. Make sure to join us next week for another great episode. Until then, continue to talk and live like a mogul.